Hey everyone, this is Julie Sparkman, and I am here with my co-author, Jennifer Phillips, and Jennifer is also my counseling colleague at Restore Ministries. So uh, we have been just doing a recap of the book that we wrote together, Unhitching from the Crazy Train, Finding Rest in a World that You Can't Control. And Jennifer, would you just start us off with just a little, just a little um, brief summary of what we talked about on the last podcast? Sure. So... You know, the premise of the book is really that we all have a picture of how we think that life should go. This can be big picture, this can be a big things, picture of small things, and um, our hope can often get hitched to how closely does reality match our picture. And oftentimes, you know, if, if reality doesn't match it, we start to try to corral and control people in our lives, circumstances in our lives, trying to get them to into that picture to match our picture of how we think it should go. And when that happens, you know, we talk about that picture turns sideways, grows wheels, it becomes a crazy train. And our emotional mental stability is closely connected to, all right, how closely does reality match our picture and we go up and down up and down Mm -hmm. if it matches it we feel good if it doesn't match it we don't feel so good and we kind of ride that up and down Mm -hmm. you know every time I listen to that description I think to myself oh this sounds like such a good book I need to oh shoot I remember (laughs) I helped write it it's a good thing we wrote it (laughs) gosh still just really golly doesn't matter if you read a book write a book about it does it it's you we're still struggling with the same stuff absolutely that's right And so, you know, we talked about last week of, um, you know, what do our responses often look like to that gap, you know, um, between reality and our picture. And we can often respond with an orphan mentality, meaning we believe it is to, if it's to be, it is up to me. I've got to take care of things myself. And that can look like us either being um, a resolver, someone who tries to get it done or get others to get it done. Or a victim who really has been disappointed one too many times and they're kind of shut down Mm -hmm. and hardened and cynical. So that's where we left it last week, you know, kind of what this path of unbelief looks like. And we're going to jump into chapter three, four, and five where we start going down. And if you look at the beginning of chapter three, we have this awesome chart. If you've got the book of, uh, it says exposure of a gap. We want to go down the right side of this chart of what does it look like to instead respond in belief? What would it look like to respond as a dearly loved child of the king instead of an orphan? Right. And so we want to read to you, first of all, this verse that we are basing the path of belief on, and that is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Je- Jennifer, you want to read that? Sure. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now that's one of those verses that whenever anybody reads it in church, you you hear this like collective sigh. Mm, And we think of rest. But in fact, um, that is not, that rest comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. And the cost is, are you tired enough to leave behind your old yoke, your way of doing life? 
Right. right. Um, and, and as we are, there's four steps that we're going to be going through of what it looks like to go down that right-hand side of the chart. That first step being come. That's what we're going to talk a bit about today. And two is take his yoke. Three is to learn from him. And four is to rest. So let's dive in as to what does it mean when the scripture right there is talking about come and and what is the cost of coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, to come really means to repent, mm. you know, and when we repent, we turn from our old way of doing something and of taking matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm. And that means that we we do have to lay down our, you know, our methods, our self-reliance mm-hmm. and repent of it. And I don't know, Julie, like, when you think of repent, do you, does, like, does that mean, oh, okay. I, you Say know, the bad thing you did. Yeah, I'm sorry I yelled. Uh, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I lied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, is it that or does it mean, is it something deeper? Well, really, the, what we're talking about here is to repent of how you have chosen to make work, life work apart from God, which is the, the, there we are in the Garden of Eden. I mean, that was the original sin. I'm going to make life work apart from you. But recognize that Eve's sin was not that she bit the apple. Eve's sin was that she believed that she needed to take care of life for herself. And even knowing full out exactly what she was doing, she knew disobedience. It was not a matter of education. Mm -hmm. Adam was standing right there with her. He had heard it from the mouth of God. So she knew what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And yet... She chose to do it because she wanted to take matters into her own hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a quote in the book that says, Our sin is not an educational problem or a volitional problem. It is a relational problem. Mm. And, you know, that's where we're called to repent then mm-hmm. of our sin at a relational level. Like you said, it's not an educational problem. It's not like, well, if I knew better, if I knew more, I would do what was right. Or if I wanted to obey more, I would. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's a relationship issue. So like, you know, for those of you who tuned in last week, I talked about, you know, a, a time I was on the crazy train. I've, I've got a son who's a senior in high school and we're doing all the college applications, scholarship applications, and I was nagging him to death. And he was asking me to stop and I kept doing it. And, you know, so repentance in that way, if I'm thinking about it as a relational issue with God, Instead of saying, oh, God, you know, forgive me for nagging my son. He told me to stop, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Really, what I, the way I would repent would be, God, forgive me for not believing that you're going to provide for him. Mm-hmm. And instead, taking matters into my own hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, just, just as a quick aside, I think about even as we, we talk to other people when they've sinned. Mm-hmm. And how we often will talk about don't you know that having an affair is wrong because blah, 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 blah. You know what the scripture says about blah, blah, blah. Or we talk to children. That's a mean way to treat your sister. You know that that's not the, okay, what are we doing right there? We're really just talking about the action. We're talking about the behavior. We're not talking about the heart. And again, the problem is never one of education. It's always one of relationship. Why did we do what we did? And that is what is paramount to the heart of God. We share in the book a story about a, um, a, a child that really wants to have a, a toy 
and uh, he steals money out of his mom's purse. And when his mom recognizes that he has stolen the money and she confronts him, you know, it's like deer in headlights. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't have done that. I'll never do it again. I know that stealing is wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll work, I'll, I'll work my debt off. I'll make it, I'll make it up to you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right. Healthy mom. First question is not what did you do, but why? Why did you steal from me rather than ask me? Yeah. We, you don't just need to be taught that stealing is wrong. Mm-hmm. We have a relational issue that you didn't feel that you could come to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the core of all sin mm-hmm. is unbelief. I don't believe the gospel, which is, number one, I don't have to fight for my righteousness any longer. It's been given to me. And number two, I am now a well-cared-for and provided-for mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of like every day we've got to recover again from gospel amnesia because we forget. We forget those things, mm-hmm. and we have to be reminded. We have mm-hmm. to remind each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if we move on into chapter 4, you know, so we just, chapter three, we talk about that step of come, which really means to repent. Yeah. Ch- chapter four goes into the second step on the path of belief, uh, which is to take his yoke. Now, what does that mean? You know, this is like a farming term, right? Are, are you asking me about yeah. a farming term? Yeah, well, you're a farmer you, girl, you, you right? Bet you bet. <laughs> raised, born and raised in Miami. Let me tell you what a yoke is. Well, you know, it's it's when uh, the weaker oxen were always paired with the stronger oxen to plow fields, and a yoke is just a wooden apparatus that basically locks the both both of the oxen together to work together in plowing the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so keep that imagery in mind when it's saying, "Take my yoke upon me." Um. What is our, if, if we need to take his on us, it means that ours isn't working so great. Maybe it's pretty heavy. Mm. Um, mm. What do you think makes our yoke so heavy and burdensome? Because so often I, I operate without any, I don't even operate with an awareness of Jesus being yoked with me. Mm. I operate with an awareness of what we call the theology of good choices. Oh, yeah. If I do A plus B, then I'll get C. I'll get the right results. And it's a, it's a different version of if it is to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. It's on my shoulders. And I work and I work and I work. And I also then often falsely bear um, responsibility for things and, and how they turn out that, that, that isn't mine. So the, the burden of that theology of good choices is terrifying when sometimes you tried your best to make the best choice mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Or sometimes you didn't have any idea what the best choice was. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely crippling. I find this, especially Jennifer, for people who are my age, um, I am now, what, 75? No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm 63, but you know, I'm saying I'm 75 because I always think you should lie up because I think I look great for 75, not so great for 63. But anyway, at this age of my, of my, in, my, um, in my life, many of us are now kind of experiencing, well, the proof is in the pudding. 
And how did those kids turn out? And how did that career, where did that career land you? And if we believe that A plus B equals C, and we didn't get C, we didn't get the kids that were in our picture, that were following Jesus the way that we wanted to. We didn't get the, the sweet retirement, the, the Rolex watch, and the, and the big sum of money. We instead just kind of petered out to the finish line and, and then got booted out. And life didn't match our picture. And the first thing, listen, if it's about A plus B equals C, who do we go to? It's on us. It's the, the crippling weight mm-hmm. and the sadness of countless men and women in my office at, our, uh, at my age saying, I did it right. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it's either my fault or God's, God's fault. fault. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I see, you know, when I think about younger moms, mm-hmm. right, who feel like, all right. I'm going to get this thing right. I'm going to knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And you see that pressure on them of got to get it right, got to get it right. You know, I've got to put in A plus B so that it will equal C. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I can remember, you know, I thought I will never be one of those moms that raises her voice at her kids. And, and then I, I did, you know, and I would think, okay, I think they're young enough to not remember that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's still yeah. time. There's yeah. still time. Still time. That's to right. To self-correct yeah. and, and still knock mm-hmm. this out of the park. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point of, oh, no, they for sure will remember. Mm-hmm. They for sure were all my mistakes, all mm-hmm. the things that mm-hmm. I've done. So it's both. Like you can see the pressure mm-hmm. that maybe on the front end and then when you've got adult kids or at the more at the end of your career looking back and like, well, I, I, I thought, you know, I did these things and I didn't get, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And you see cynicism and, um, and anger. And heartbreak, yes. Heartbreak, yes. that's right. Yes, okay. So, but to be yoked with Christ is to live with a constant awareness that he is with us mm-hmm. and he is after something. He is teaching us mm-hmm. how to do this. You know what makes me crazy is when people pray Lord, please be with us. Because I always want to say, where do you think he is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, you know, so often it's just a matter of turn your head. Mm-hmm. Turn your head. He's there. He didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of so often I am so furiously trying to plow the field on my own and get it right. Yeah. I don't even turn my head and acknowledge him, which is to live godlessly. We, we pay a lot of attention to ungodly behavior. Don't do this. Don't do that. But what really is much more rampant in evangelical Christianity is Godless behavior when we live without an awareness mm-hmm. of what God is saying to us and the direction that he's moving us in. We're not even looking for it. We're not uh-uh. listening. Uh-uh. Um, and we talk in the book about... Um, you know, because some people might say, well, well, I've got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. are you saying it doesn't matter at all mm-hmm. what I do? Mm-hmm. We talk about the difference between role and responsibility. And I don't know about you, Julie, but I feel like I talk about this in the, in the counseling room yep. all the time. This one's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, responsibility means I am completely, this is completely on me. There are no other factors at play. Mm-hmm. If it is, if I am willing to work hard enough, I can accomplish this. Right. If I have a role in something, it means I play a part in it, but 
the outcome does not lie on me because there are too many other factors at play. Right. I'm going to need the cooperation of another person or another circumstance. Mm -hmm. So, for example, to have a good marriage, would that be a, I have a role in having a good marriage, but I do not have responsibility for a good marriage because my husband has 50% control of whether or not that that is. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, while I don't carry the weight of responsibility, I most definitely have the calling to enter into the role that, that God has given to me. Right. And often, though, we confuse or use synonymously mm. role and responsibility. It's my responsibility to keep my child safe. Mm. Now, that's, that's a scary one, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, if that's all up to you, then that's terrifying. That's right. That's right. I can't keep my child safe. Mm -hmm. And I have a role in keeping my child safe. But ultimately, the responsibility for keeping my child safe is the father's Mm -hmm. and not mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when we when we can lean into that, you know, I have a role. But it is not my responsibility, you know, that helps us to start feeling the um, easy enlightenment. Mm. of Christ's yoke, mm-hmm. you know, that's not so heavy and burdensome of the one that we put on ourselves. And we talk about, you know, putting on the glasses of that have two lenses in them, of he is in this, he is in me. And what, what would you say that means? Well, that's, if you will, that's, a, that's an easy catchphrase to have in your mind when you are standing outside of the picture that you wanted. When you are in the middle of, oh gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've chanted this to myself, in the middle of a, um, let's say, a less than um, a less than happy family moment. What? You mm, have those ever? All the time, like I just I did. I not relate. I'm you sorry. know, 15 minutes ago when my husband came in in the middle of the podcast <laughs> and she was witnessing a not so happy moment. All right. So as that is happening and life just seems to be caving in, Right. My picture is going down in flames. To remember, no matter what circumstance I am in, he is in this. And you know how I know he's in it? Because it happened. And he is sovereign. So he is in this. And then secondly, he is in me. His divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness, which is a hard thing to believe when you are standing on the outside of a shattered picture. And yet, always to remember, no matter where you're standing, you are always in God's picture for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to chapter 5, Incompetent and Unashamed. And we, we move into this chapter to step 3, Learn from Him. You know, Jesus says, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And, you know, when we read this, this should come as a relief, right? Like, oh my gosh, like I get to learn from the expert here. But oftentimes we don't, we don't see it that way. You know, when we, when we mess up, you know, when we, um, when we do something, you know, when we For the 85th time. For the 85th time, when we see our incompetence, when we see our need, when we see our weaknesses and vulnerabilities, instead of running to the one 
that is the master that we can learn from. Instead, we often feel shame and we want to hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody about that just just this afternoon um, when she said, well, so what do I do then? And I said, well, you're going you're gonna to have to ask. You're going to have to ask the Father. Because um, she had been, you know, frantically reading the books and getting the kid to the doctors and doing whatever needed to be done rather than owning. I could be mom of the year and I'm killing myself to be so. Mm. Why? What, what do I have to prove? Mm-hmm. All I have to do is turn my face, he's right there, mm-hmm. and say, Jesus, what's going on with this kid? Mm-hmm. Jesus, I don't know how to, to run this meeting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way over my head. But, um, you know, we have been pre-wired, I think, again, because of the fall, that we run from incompetence at 90 miles an hour, especially in the Western world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're just not used to need. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So if our mind is already, if there is a need and we run to our place of competence, what we're talking about here is if there is a need that we begin to run a different path, and that is directly into Jesus. That our first question becomes, Jesus, mm-hmm. what gives? Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you after? Mm-hmm. Um, that the question switches from what should I do to what are you doing and what is my role in that which Mm -hmm. is just kind of the core of a I'm gonna call it yoke living (laughs) yoke living that could be the title of another podcast no no I was thinking more like a magazine but (laughs) but anyway you know in order to do that like in order to turn and look at him and and be vulnerable show our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and our mistakes it really requires us to trust him and that's not so easy sometimes. I've, you know, And that has a lot to do with our stories. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, I First think, off, what's a story, Jennifer? <laughs> Jennifer Counselor? Uh, well, a story. I mean, just your own, your own experiences mm-hmm. that kind of shape you. Mm-hmm. And so often, you know, maybe in our, in our story, we've had authority used against us mm. in the past. Maybe it's been spiritual authority that's been misused Mm -hmm. and broken our trust. So it doesn't feel so natural just to turn and trust God with our weaknesses. You know, here's my mistakes. I know you're going to love me anyway. Here, show me how. You know, I think a lot of times that instinct towards shame and hiding is kind of a visceral reaction to our own personal experiences with authority that's been misused. Maybe it's been scary or shaming, mm-hmm. um, intimidating, you know, like the coach on the sidelines with right. the clipboard right. saying, when are you going to get it right? Right. And we hang our heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when performance was what gave us value yeah. and what we knew the authority figures in our lives valued and our performance is poor, why on earth would we go in honesty, mm-hmm. because we've been trained what that means. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, I, I just think even as you are thinking about your failure and pay attention to what rises up inside of you, just, just pay attention. Is it shame? Is it a desire to run? 
Um, and just asking Jesus right then, help me see you rightly. Mm-hmm. Would you please, would you clear up my distorted picture of who you are? Yeah. Uh, because he, he's got to do that for me. Mm-hmm. That that can't be something that I try hard enough and, and believe that God is a good God, by golly. Mm-hmm. That's just got to be something that I have to go to him and say, I'm scared because I don't see you rightly. Would you help me see you rightly? Mm-hmm. And that's really going to be a supernatural change mm-hmm. that takes place. Yes, yes, yes. So again, I, I hope you're hearing um, when he says, take my yoke because I'm gentle. I want you to remember that word, gentle, mm-hmm. um, because often that's not the way that we see authority, but that's the way God says his authority is to us. And um, that releases us uh, from our fear as we come to know him more and more. And he is not angry with us right. that we don't, we don't know it yet. We don't get it yet. He's not angry. Um, but we continue to ask for more and more mm-hmm. so that we can be obedient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that calms us, right? As mm-hmm. we're, we're asking, help me to see you rightly. Mm-hmm. Help me to see you mm-hmm. as a loving father. Then we can learn. You know, mm-hmm. it's like my, my little girl, when she gets really frustrated with math and gets kind of elevated and there's no way she can learn in that mm-hmm. moment. She can't do Mm-hmm. the math problems when mm-hmm. she's in that state. Mm-hmm. And so leaning into Jesus, help me, help me, mm-hmm. help me see you as a loving father, even though that's not my natural reaction. Mm-hmm. And his gentleness, his humility comes to us and can calm us. And that makes it easier to learn. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, speaking of something that causes us that right there to dysregulate because, oh my goodness, this is above me. Mm. Um, again, the rem- reminder of he's in this yeah, and he's in me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, that concludes this week's talk and we will be back next week with, is that, that's going to be the last, yeah. right. That's the last one. The third and final installment of our mm-hmm. crazy train recap. And so that'll be, we'll cover uh, chapters six, seven, and eight. All right. Then we will see y'all or hear y'all or you'll hear us next week.